0: Well, we're into week two of Flushing Meadows, and what a tournament the US Open has set up on both the men's and women's sides of the draw. There have been fairy tale returns, top seed collapses, and uh, ultimate class shown uh, from the world's best, all under the bright lights in Queens, New York. This morning, as the famous uh, saying in tennis goes, though, a grand slam doesn't really start until uh, we speak with Alex Gruskin. Uh, We thought we'd better do just that. He is the editor-in-chief of Cracked Rackets, and he's with us now. Um, Good afternoon to you, uh, Alex. Uh, We're into uh, the second week of the tournament when things get really serious thus far. How has this edition of the US Open lived up to things for you?
1: Well, I promise I'm going to answer that question, but let me just say to your opening, I actually have been very concerned through these first seven days of play because as I've been sitting watching the action, it's all been incredible, but I've been waiting for the call to do this show. And I was like, oh my God, they replaced me. Like, what did I say wrong in my last appearance? And so (laughs) I've been playing it back in my head the last seven days. I'm glad to know I'm not replaced. I'm glad that the slam can now officially begin. And, Look, it's excellent tennis. The stat I'll give you to start, of course, at the end of every season, there's a year end finals for both the men and women coming into round number four. 11 of the top 13 women and 10 of the top 13 men are still alive in New York. It means we're going to have a really fun second week of action here at this event.
0: Look, we were never going to ignore you. Uh, we just thought, well, <laughs> th- he, we thought to ourselves, would he even bother answering the phone for us in, in week one? I mean, he's probably taking so many calls from around the world. So let's let's see if he's available first thing uh, in the second week. And, uh, honestly, Alex, uh, this is an interesting time for uh, American tennis because you've got a fair representation on the men's side of him in particular. Uh, with uh, Ben Shelton getting through over Tommy Paul. You've got Francis Tifo in action and Taylor Fritz as well. So uh, you'd be pretty pleased in the United States.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I believe Tiafo just finished out a straight set win over Rinky Hijikata. I would point out Hijikata, a former North Carolina All-American dear friend of our programs at Crack Rackets. He was the first Australian wild card to make the round of 16 at a major since Nick Kyrgios did it back in 2014. So first time in about a decade, really good event for the 22-year-old. But for the Americans, I mean, this is the slam we've been waiting for for almost two decades you mentioned it you know with Tiafoe, uh Fritz Tommy Paul and Ben Shelton all making the round of 16 it's the most Americans to do that in men's singles since 2011 so more than a decade and you know we're guaranteed now an American semifinalist as well with Tiafo playing Shelton and oh my god are those two going to work the crowd that match is going to be magical you know Jessica Pagula plays Madison Keys two Americans going head to head tomorrow. Coco Gauff, a winner today over Wozniacki. It's, a, it's the most fun in my life. Lo- I mean, look, was I alive in 1996, 97, 98 for Pete Sampras? Yes, I was alive. I was very barely potty trained. And so for a generation of American tennis fans, this is the first time they've gotten to, dare I say, enjoy the back half of an event like this. And it makes it a really special time.
0: What did you make, uh, even though she's gone this morning to Coco Goff, what, what did you make of the return to top flight
1: tennis for Wozniacki? See, I thought you were going to ask me, you weren't potty trained till you were three? Like, isn't that an issue? And I was going to say, <laughs> no, I was probably a little before then. Just I wanted to do some nah. cleanup uh, on that. But, was, I mean, <laughs> it's incredible. She's 33 years old, and it looks like she hasn't missed a day. And I know she lost to Golf, but... To have the fitness come back that quickly for me that's always the hardest part, and for her, it is not it speaks to she is a, a generational talent, a future hall of famer, and again, at thirty three years old, it kind of also speaks to where we 're at scientifically. you know science has taken a lot of heat over the past couple of years. I'm very much pro science I feel like that's that's an easy one um and like for a 33-year-old to be like, yeah, let me run on the treadmill, do a few sprints, like work the analytics and make the fourth round of the U.S. Open, it's a big win for science.
0: Big win for science. Actually, potty (laughs) training for 3 year old I mean, Lily, who co-hosts the show over here, is is still having trouble with that side of things. So, uh, you know, the potty training at three isn't such a big issue. And and of course, (laughs) I brought it in. I brought brought it in because, of course, it wasn't the Aki's had a couple of kids since the last time uh, we saw it at this level. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I like that's my biggest fear having kids, by the way, is being like, you don't know how to do this. Like, can you figure this out? Like, this is important. And so anyways, (laughs) that's a me problem. (laughs)
0: That's yeah. That is a huge problem in the modern day parenting. <laughs> okay, let's look at. Let's stay. Shall we stay before we get to the uh, the ladies' side of the draw? Let's just to stay on the men's side here. Are we are we looking to go to plan here? We've got to Djokovic, Goja. We've got Alcaraz, Nadal, uh, Medvedev, Duma, Zareva. I mean, are we? You, you mentioned the seeds. So are we looking to go to plan here, or do you see something
1: in the offing? No, I, I think we're going to plan. I think Alcaraz and Djokovic are the two best players in the world. And there's a pretty g- big gap But before you get to three and four in Sinner and Medvedev. And, look, I mean, they've, I know Djokovic had a little slip up, but if you actually watched his third round match where he came back from two sets to love down, his opponent, Laszlo Jarrah, was just playing out of this world. Like it's just, he was having one of those nights and then he came back to reality. Djokovic stepped up. I have no concerns for Djokovic coming out of that match. And look, Elkarez has such a difficult pathway moving forward. And tomorrow he's got an easy one with the 22 year old Arnaldi. But after that, he'd probably have to play Sinner or Zverev. Either match is tough. Then he has to probably play Medvedev. It's the third best player in the world. Then he has to play Djokovic in the final. And that, to me, is the only difference between the two of them, is Alcaraz has to do all of that and Djokovic doesn't. And that would be the only reason why I'd pick Djokovic to win the event. But, I mean, I can't emphasize this enough. They're both so good. Like, Alcaraz is a superhero. I almost swore there. Caught myself. But Alcaraz is a superhero. Like, anything you think, no, that's not possible, he then does it. And it's just like, that's, that's the term. It's just like, okay, Superman could do that, and that's the list.
0: Okay, so we look at this fellow. Um, you know, uh, what convinces uh, aside from the fact he's a brilliant tennis player, does he have, does he have the mental – side of things under control at this early age. I mean, there's still so much uh, downside to to go through before he continues on his ups, you would think. But what do you see in him to say he is it? He is it now after Djokovic goes.
1: It's everything. It's, you know, again, the the tennis itself, he's very, very good at. I mean, his (laughs) forehand, this is so stupid. But if you ask me, Alex, Give up the last three years of your life, but you can have Alcaraz's forehand for the rest of it. I'm hoping to play three more years of tennis moving forward. And to have his forehand for the rest of it, like 87, 88, 89 aren't that fun. Like I'll take a tight 86 and have his forehand because, oh, my God, it's something else. And that opens up the rest of the court to him. The drop shot, the backhand line, his ability to use his quickness to move forward. He has all the answers from a tennis standpoint. And then, yeah, it's, it's the mentality. It's the fact that this kid has never quit on a ball. He does the seemingly impossible. He has a connection with crowds everywhere that only the big three have really had on the men's side in the past two decades. And he's 20. It's like, that's... He's 20.
0: It's just it, he has it all. Right. Let's uh, uh, pop across the net to the ladies' side of things, and uh, now we know Coco's off has gone through. Madison Key's having an, a handy tournament, but up against Pagula in the next round.
1: It's such a good it's such a good match. It it's really, really good. And normally I would say take Jessica Pagula because is having a career season. She's third in the world. She won in Canada a couple of weeks ago, played a really good tennis to beat Svitolina in round number three, but Madison Keyes is hitting the ball. It, she's just having one of those two-week runs. And when she does that, it makes things very scary because she has and I don't say this lightly, Serena Williams' adjacent levels of power, like that just ability to take the racket out of opponents' hands. That said, Jessica Pagula has been so good this year, so good. And it just feels like all the stars are aligning for her to get a real shot at the title at this event. And so, you know, again, it's Labor Day here in the United States. Monday, everyone has off. Clear the calendar. Sorry, kids. We're not talking. I gotta watch tennis. Um, this just, by the way, this whole show is an evidence of why I'm not ready to be a parent. Um, but I would say, you know, again, clear the calendar because this is the all-American matchup everyone's looking forward to.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's look at the other aspects of this. Ons Jabeur, zing. We've got uh, Kasatkina and Sabalenka. And, of course, Shriantek and Ostapenko. Who, who prevails here? The seeding?
1: Well, I think Sabalenka gets through comfortably. I think Jabur has just, you know, she's really, she is, I think she's spent eight hours on court total in her first three matches. I just don't know how much gas she has left on the tank. I think the 20-year-old from China is really, really special. And so I think Chin Wen pulls off the upset bud. The most fascinating match is the one you mentioned last. Fiontek versus Ostapenko. Iga actually has never beaten Ostapenko. Ostapenko 3-0 in their career head-to-head. Now, they played last season in February. Iga lost to Ostapenko. She then went on to win her next 37 matches. So they haven't played since Iga's been Iga. You know, exclamation point, Iga. Um, I think Iga gets through, but Ostapenko is the sort of person who's just like, yeah, I don't really care what you're doing. I'm going to hit the tennis ball big, and if I play well, I should beat you. I think Svantec wins. I do think all the seeds advance, but I think it's going to be a fun day of tennis.
0: Let's look, look at uh, the overall personalities and the personality of tennis, if you like. Who, You know, when you look for your X Factor, uh, your topics you want to talk about, or... Who are your X-Factor players who are just not the metronomic robotic types? Who, who are the characters on the tour these days?
1: There are a few. I think in terms of on-court, Francis Tiafo, Ben Shelton, who are playing in, this, in the quarterfinals, their ability to make magic happen, to hit the ball 150 miles per hour, however many you know 200 plus kilometers at will to um have that ability to just you know again get loud and have a crowd inspired and start cheering with them they're the best on the men's side i mean coco golf is just electric on the women's side as is on Jabur, and Jabur is they're both exceptional interviews off the court as well you know the problem in tennis is you spend so much time traveling from city to city. You don't really have time to get to know these people in their hometowns, but these on-court personalities there are, and, and obviously Alcaraz belongs on that list. It's, I mean, his mm. he is probably number one a on the list. But there is a really nice group of young players forming for fans to get excited about.
0: You know, a, a top player like a, a Djokovic, uh, I, I just wonder how much. Well, I mean, how much he has to outlay. You, you, see, his, you see his players' box. Um, you know, you, you've got so many high-priced uh, individuals. And what would his bill be for a support crew? Any idea? Have you ever done a study on it?
1: Yeah, well, you know, again, I, it is fascinating because, joke. you know, there's the cult of Djokovic, and so many people buy into so many different things he's doing, and how could you not? He's won more than any player in men's tennis history. It is, again, tennis can be a little insular. You have to be... Selfish to be a very good tennis player. It has to be all about you, your training, and you know your schedule to make sure you're having success. Because it's just you out there on court, and that's why it's again those players who through all of that still manage to perform well and put on a show. I mean, those are the players that will always have fans gravitating towards them.
0: Do we see? Um, you know, one of the great things about watching tennis is uh, when the cameras focus in on the crowds and we get the great tennis personalities. I think. Billy Jean King goes to pretty much everything that ever happened. So Martinez floating around. Do we do we see do we see the Fed there very often? Do we see do we see, uh, do we see Rafa floating around? I mean, do do, do
1: we have the personalities? Yeah, that, that, the more recent personalities. That's a great question. And No, I'm convinced there's a line item in the ATP budget because Rod Laver is still everywhere. Like, Rod Laver just gets private play. They're like, bring in Rod. It's the quarterfinals. Um, And credit to, I mean, obviously, one of the game's great icons should be at all these matches. Um, So he was one of the greats always. Beyond him, I mean, I think we are going to see more of Federer moving forward. You know, we never see Pete Sampras. We, you know, there are a bunch of guys who we, we rarely see Agassi at these events. Um, I do think Federer, Nadal, Djokovic will be much more present than the, than the generation before them has been.
0: And just finally, uh, as I speak to you uh, live, uh, Taylor Fritz is uh, about to get underway um, against uh, Dominic Stricker. Um, how do you see this going, a, a Fritz victory?
1: Yeah, I, Stricker, 21-year-old, very talented. He went to five sets in both of his last two matches. I just don't think he has any gas left in the tank. I think Fritz advances very comfortably. And, you know, again, then you get three Americans to the quarterfinal, which just doesn't happen very often.
0: It does not. It does not. But uh, what does happen is we get hold of you. Every single time, and you always answer the phone for us, which is great. Absolutely brilliant. We're talking to the editor in chief, folks. Yes, he is the editor in chief of Crack Rackets. And how privileged are we? How privileged are we? Uh,
1: always a pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me. And yes, now the major can officially begin.
0: Yes, it can. It absolutely can. Uh, Thanks very much, Alex, uh, as always, uh, for being so entertaining with your information as well. You're a a terrific man and a great guest for us. Thank you, uh, and have a great remainder of the week. Thank you. You guys as well.